Welcome to Experiencing Christ with Pastor Dennis Matovu. Freedom Experience is a teaching ministry of the Word that is driven by the purpose that believers may subjectively realize the full knowledge of the truth according to 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 4. Experiencing God in the incarnated Word, which is Christ to be life and light to man with grace and reality for man's enjoyment. And now, open wide your spirit to receive this great teaching which is going to empower you to begin experiencing Christ as your life. This is Pastor Dennis Matovu, worth hearing. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. <laughs> freedom reigns in this place. Showers of mercy and grace falling on every face. Freedom experience. Experience in Christ. Praise the Lord, glory to God, and we thank the Lord for another opportunity that he has given us even today to come before you by the grace of God in the name of Jesus. We thank the Holy Spirit who enables us to uh, return or raise with his word, ministering to the saints wherever you are across the globe. We know that the Lord is so gracious and yes, he's always giving us the grace to stand and to bring you the word of life. This is Freedom Experience Ministry, and this is Pastor Dennis Matov. We are experiencing Christ, and this is the ministry we are bringing to you, experiencing Christ daily. This is our episode 22, and we believe that the Lord is doing a great work, a tremendous work in you, and this is the faith we have, that as we minister to you, you will one day become fully grown in Christ. We shall present you perfect in the Lord by the grace that he provides. We want also to continue from wherever we stopped. If you have been really following us, you know that we have moved at least for some time. In the book of Colossians, we are seeing how we are taking Christ as the all-inclusive one for our enjoyment. The only thing we are supposed to see in the New uh, Testament ministry is to see Christ as our everything. Now, even today, uh, uh, we, uh, previously we are seeing Christ as the mystery of God's economy and this is the message we want to continue to see that Christ is in us the hope of glory now in order for us to be impressed and uh, with, the, with this aspect of Christ we need to pay attention to a number of crucial points regarding Christ that are covered in the book of Colossians we are still it is as if we are moving slowly, but we want to examine all the riches that are mentioned in the book of Colossians, plus other books, as we shall see. But we want to take this in, in, in detail. Christ is the portion of the saints, and this we must know. According to the word of Colossians, chapter 1, verse 12, the Bible told us that Christ is the portion of the saints. The Bible says that giving thanks to the Father who qualified us, who qualified you as for a share of the portion of the saints in the light. Now, this is the first aspect for Christ presented, uh, of Christ presented in the episodes. He is presented unto us 
as the the portion we have him as the share he has qualified us to for a share for the portion of the saints so the word portion denotes Christ as our uh, as the Lord as our allotment and inheritance of the saints and this is as you see it in the good land flowing with milk and honey in the Old Testament we see that the very Christ who dwells indwells us is such a good land and this is what we are supposed to see we have to enjoy Christ as our good land you see he is the all-inclusive Christ for our enjoyment and we pray by the grace of God that we may see this vision Christ is the image of the invisible God he is the image of the invisible invisible God and this is another riche another but one of the riches we are supposed to see the first one has been that he is the portion of the saints but now we see that the second one is that is the image of the invisible God when we go back in the book of Colossians 1:15 we see that it states that Christ is also the image of the invisible God now this means that Christ is the expression of God. We cannot know God minus having Christ. So although God is invisible, he is expressed in Jesus Christ. The very Christ who is our good land, our portion is also the image of the triune God. He is his expression. Now as God is expression, Christ becomes the image of God. Now the another rich rich one of the riches we are going to see the third one of the riches is the bible mentions him that is the firstborn of all creation Colossians 1:15 still tells us that Christ is the firstborn of all creation now the invisible god is 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 expressed in his creation we cannot see and understand this unknown god this invisible god minus looking unto his creation he is physically seen in his creation. That's why Christ becomes the firstborn of all creation. Because it is through him that we are able to understand fully who our God is. Now, in the book of Romans chapter 1 verse 20, the Bible says that, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world, being apprehended by the things made, they are seen and understood by the things made, are clearly seen, both his eternal power and divine nature. That is Romans 1.21. God is expressed through his creation. We are seeing God through the creation. And Christ becomes the firstborn of this creation. So, this means that Christ is the means by which God expresses himself. Without Christ, you cannot, even if you look at the, the creation without Christ, you cannot understand the expression of God. Now, the fact that the image of God and the firstborn of creation are mentioned in the same verse of uh, Colossians chapter 1.15 indicates that the image of God is related still to the creation. So, this is how we enjoy God. This indicates clearly that at, as the firstborn of God's creation, Christ is the image of God. He is his expression. The fourth item of the riches of Christ is that Christ is the firstborn from among the dead. Now this is working in the, in the second creation. Remember, there are two creations of God. The old creation and the new creation. 
We know that all unbelievers know only of the first creation of Adam and how they came about, the creation of the universe. But however, for us who are born again, according to the Bible, we see that God also has a new creation, which is the church. Christ is the firstborn, not only of the old creation, but is also the firstborn of the new creation. And as the firstborn of both creation, Christ becomes God's expression. He is the one that expresses God in the church. We understand God and all the riches of God and all his powers through Jesus Christ. When we read from verses 15 through verses 20 of Colossians 1, we see that it is connected, it is connected and it expresses one complete thought. We have read through these verses several times. Though the riches we find there are so vast, we are not moving in these verses. We are not going on until we see that at least we have exhausted these verses. We see that Christ is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, because all things were created in Him. You have got to see that even in verse 17 of Colossians and 18, each of them begins with this conjunction and, and the, the, the story continues that for in Him all the, the fullness was pleased to dwell. Now, we see that the fullness of, of the one who fills all in all is, is dwelling bodily in Christ. In other words, the body is the fullness. Christ's body is the fullness. The fullness is the very expression and the expression is the image. Now that the verse is repeating itself in several facets, we have got to understand Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 to 20. We must see that the image that is in verse 15 is the very fullness of the, or as the expression in verse 19. That means that the image of God is the expression of God. And this expression is also the fullness of God. The fullness of God is seen in the old creation because Christ is the firstborn of the creation. Also, it is seen in the new creation because Christ is the firstborn from among the dead. Now, for this reason, we see that verse 19 is speaking of all the fullness that was pleased to dwell in the all-inclusive Christ. So, if we have the proper spiritual perspective, we shall see Christ when we look at the universe. You see the tree, you see Christ. You see the, 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 the flowers, you see Christ. You see the land, you see Christ. You see the rivers, you see Christ. You see If you breathe the air, you see Christ. You see man, you see Christ. You see the lion, you see Christ. That is it. In other words, Christ becomes all positive things. When we consider the church, we shall also see Christ. Now, both in the universe and in the church, there is the fullness of God and His expression. And this expression is the very Christ who is the image of the invisible God. That's why we want to endeavor to pursue Christ, to gain him and win him. Take him as a prize. Hallelujah. So, every thoughtful person realizes that there is some kind of expression in the universe. Whenever you see the universe, you just know that there is a creator. There is someone above. Because the universe is the expression of the fullness of this invisible God. The same principle applies whenever we come to the proper church life. The church which is properly set by the grace of God. We will also have the knowledge there is the image of the invisible God. And this image 
is Jesus Christ. And we are endeavoring to see that we have a proper church life. Because we have got to know about Christ, the church, and we have got to know the proper church life. And because Christ is the firstborn of the creation, the old creation and the new creation, he becomes the very expression of this unseen God, the invisible God. So, may the Lord give us more light on this in Jesus' mighty name. Another thing we can see as the fifth item is that Christ is the one in whom all the fullness was pleased to dwell. When we look unto Colossians chapter 1 verses 19, we see that it says that the fullness, all the fullness was pleased to dwell in Christ. Now, this thought is repeated even in Colossians chapter 2 verses 9, whereby Paul says that, For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Philip Colossians 2 9. Now the fullness both in the old creation and in the new creation dwells in one person, Jesus Christ. And this is uh, what refers to the riches of God. This is what refers to the expression of these riches, Christ himself. Hallelujah. So we have got many Christians that speak of the indwelling Christ, but they have not realized that the Christ who indwells them is the all-inclusive one. He has got all things. Is the fullness. In other words, if some, if people are asked what kind of Christ that, that lives in them, they can only speak about the Savior and Redeemer. They don't see the details of this all-inclusive Christ. The Bible says that Christ is in us, the hope of glory. The hope of glory, Colossians 1.27. He is referring to the very rich Christ, to the Christ who is our good land. The Christ is the expression of the invisible God, the firstborn of both the creation and the new creation, and of the one is the one in whom all the fullness is pleased to dwell. This is the rich Christ. He's not only our Redeemer, our Savior. No, He has got all other aspects, all our other riches in Him. Even these items, they do not, we cannot even exhaust them because Christ is so, is so deep, is so broad. This is the Christ that we have who indwells us and is our, our, our hope today and also our hope tomorrow is the hope of glory. So, we have got to pursue this Christ. Another sixth riches of Christ is that he is the mystery of the God's economy, God's administration, God's plan. If you want to understand God's administration, God's plan, God's economy, then we have got to see this Christ. He's the mystery of the, of, of the economy of God. Many Christians, even pastors, even Christian pastors and ministers, they do not know what the mystery of God's economy is. Some are not even familiar with the term, the mystery of God's economy. We know that economy comes from the word economia, from the Greek word economia, whereby we see that it is called household management. So, when we see this economy of Christ, the Christ who indwells us is the mystery of this economy and an economy that involves God's administration of the whole universe. Everything is found in Christ. God has a universal economy. He has a plan over the universe. And the center and the focal point of his economy is Christ Jesus. That's why we are to pursue him. There is no rich, uh, rich uh, possession we can take as our good land other than Christ. So we see that this economy is 
immaterial. It's not a physical one. It's something that is deep and mysterious. The mystery of this universe, universal economy, is indescribable. In other words, and uh, it is found in Christ. And the more we, we study Christ and we read Christ and we enjoy Christ, experience Christ, this unfolds and into our revelation and understanding. That's why we have got to continue in the word of God. He says that if you continue in my doctrine, you shall be my disciples indeed. And you shall know that truth and the truth shall set you free. For, for whoever the sun sets free is free indeed. That's John chapter 8, verse 31, 32, 36. Now, we see that this is the Christ we are talking about. We are not supposed to turn to other things like other teachings and other doctrines and observances and ordinances. We are supposed to look and, and focus ourselves on Christ. Number seven, Christ is the mystery of God. The mystery of God. When we come to Colossians 2.2, we see that Paul says that full knowledge of the mystery of God, which is Christ, it is the full knowledge. We have got to come to the full knowledge of the mystery of God. And this mystery of God is Christ. As the mystery of God, Christ is the embodiment of God and is also the life-giving spirit. Two things. We may, some people find it difficult to know that Christ is the all-inclusive life-giving spirit. They might say, okay, is the, is the, uh, the embodiment of God but they don't see that it's also the all-inclusive, life-giving spirit. Now, when we talk about this, it is as it has been a, a challenge to people. It is difficult for them to absorb because they want to be, they want Christ to be Christ. They don't want Him to become the life-giving spirit. Yet the Bible is clear; He is also the life-giving spirit. This is what makes Him the all-inclusive. This is what makes Him the mystery of God. So this is beyond our mind. So we come to another point, which is another riches, riches number eight. Christ is the reality of all positive things. If you look into the universe, all things that are positive, they are types of Christ. Now, Colossians 2, 16 and 17 says that, Let no one therefore judge you in, in eating and in drinking, all in respect of a feast, all of a new moon, all of Sabbaths, which are a shadow of things to come. But the body, but the reality is of Christ. In other words, all these other things that are mentioned, like the new moon, the feast, the Sabbath, all are shadows. Whatever you are eating, whatever you are drinking, all are shadows. The reality is in Christ. Now, you see that this verse indicates that Christ is the reality of all positive things even those things that are not mentioned here. That means that whatever we are looking at is a shadow. The sun you are seeing is a shadow. The moon you are seeing is a shadow. The stars you are seeing, is a sh uh, those are all shadows. The apple tree, the, the fig tree, uh, the, 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 the flowers, the food, the sun, the air, the water, the trees, these are all shadows compared to Christ. All the different trees you know are shadows. Remember the Bible talks about the apple tree, the fig tree, the olive tree, the pomegranate tree, the, the, uh, the pomegranate tree, the, the vine tree. These are all shadows. The reality is in Christ. In fact, he is the tree of life. 
in the Bible. He is also the reality of all positive people in the Old Testament. Is our Adam, is our Moses, is our Joshua, is our David, is our Solomon, is our every prophet you know. He becomes all the positive people in the Old Testament. As you see, the Bible mentions him in Matthew 12, 12 verse 41, 42. It mentions of the greater Solomon and the greater Jonah in Matthew 12, 41 to 42. He's, he has become all the positive people in the Bible. So, this is how we enjoy Christ. When you look unto these people in the Old Testament, you begin to sense that they, they, they portray Christ as we have been always pointing and we shall be always pointing that at you uh, so that you, uh, for you, so that you, you see. Let us not be misguided to be turned away from such an all-inclusive Christ. Let us not go to philosophy, observances, worship of angels and other worldly doctrine and people's teachings. We should look into the scriptures, pursue Christ. Our subject in ministry is supposed to be Christ. When we eat, when we drink, when we feast, all the new moons you see, all the Sabbaths, when all such things, they have become shadows of the spiritual things in Christ. Christ is the reality. In other words, there is no need for us to go back to other things. We are to pursue Christ. So, this is what we are preaching and ministering to you. We come to the ninth riches, which is Christ is the constituent of the new man, the component of the new man. The new man, you know, we are always talking about the church as the new man. When we come to Colossians chapter uh, 3 verses 10 and 11, we see that Paul is speaking of the new man. These verses we have been speaking, that's why I'm not going back to read them for you. We have been already speaking in this uh, series. We see that the Bible says that where, where there cannot be Greek and Jew, circumcision and uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free man, but Christ is all and in all. In other words, in the new man, Christ becomes everything. No races, no black, no white, no what. No tribes, no nations. We are all one in Christ. We become one. He has become everything. Christ is the constituent, is the component of the new man. When you come to the new man, which is the church, you will not find races. You don't find colors. You only find one item, which is Christ. Now, the new man is made of and made with Christ as the essence and the very elements that make up the church. The church is made up by Christ. In other words, you cannot add anything outside him. You cannot. We cannot add anything outside him. Everything is found in this man, Christ. Hallelujah. In other words, any other thing that we bring from outside is going to contaminate the church life. It's going to distract us. Anything that is coming out of us is not going to build the church. In us, there is nothing good. The things, the elements, the materials that build the church, they are found in this one person, Jesus Christ. That's why Paul was saying we preach Christ and him crucified. Paul didn't want to preach any other thing. He would preach Christ and talk about the, the body, which is the church, and about church life. And we, he wanted us to experience and take everything. And we take Christ. He said that Christ is everything to us. is our wisdom, our, our, our righteousness, our redemption, everything. 
Christ is all and in all. And in the new man, there is only one room for Christ. There is no any other thing that is allowed because Christ is all and in all. In the new man, there is no room for natural man in any way. Don't bring your character. Don't bring your you. Don't bring your anything. Christ is every member of the church. Christ is every member. He's in every member. He's you. He's me. If you are a believer, Christ who indwells us is such a constitute, a constituent, a component of the new man. Glory to God. Riches number 10 is that Christ in you. That's another riches, the Christ in you. Now, this Christ we see that lives in us, the Christ who indwells us, has all the aspects covered in the, this message we have been talking about. I'll mention for them, I'll mention them for you. We have been going through them. The first one is the portion of the saints. The second one is the image of the invisible God. The third one, Christ is the firstborn of all creation. The, 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 another one is that, uh, the fourth one is that, the firstborn from among the dead. The fifth is the one in whom God's fullness dwells. Another one is that the, the mystery of God is economy. He is the mystery of God. He is the reality of all positive things and is the constituent of the new man. Now, all these aspects of Christ are revealed in the book of Colossians. And when we, shoot, when, we, when we dig deeper in this book, in order, we are going to discover that we are going to discover for ourselves all the aspects of Christ. And then we shall see and we shall have the need to praise the Lord and worship Him according to these facts. Because this very Christ has got all these riches, aspects, the Bible has told us, he is in you. He is in me. When we, are come, when we come to praise and worship, we should go deeper in worship. And worship saying, Lord, I worship you. That you are the portion of the saints. Lord, I worship you. I praise you that you are the image of the invisible God. That is a good worship. That is a deeper worship. Sometimes we worship saying that, Lord, I worship you because, because of your blood. Because you, you saved me. Those are basic, basic, that is basic knowledge. We have got to go to deeper worship whereby we, we pick out these aspects of Christ and worship him because he's the image of the invisible God. This is the better worship. So, if we know Christ in all these aspects, then our praises and our worship we offer at the Lord's meeting and services will be uplifted will go to a higher level of worship. So most of the praises have been on, on this elemental level. For example, we, we worship and praise and we say, Father, we praise the Lord because of your blood, because you saved us, because you forgive our sins. All those are elemental. We have got to go deeper. We have got to change levels of worship. We have got to come out of the shallow level of worshiping him with the mere, the, the first things we know about him. We have got to go deeper. We need to remember that the Lord and, uh, is the one who has got all these aspects. We need a revelation even more as we are worshipping. So we need to remember the Lord as the portion of the saints, as the image of God, the, the mystery of God's economy, the reality of all positive things and so many, much things. 
this is the this is going to give us a rich praise a rich worship hallelujah so we have got to see this by the grace that the lord provides we have got to see this and this will inc- uh, cause us to enjoy christ knows his fullness hallelujah so let us try to go to uh, on and see the processed god when we talk about the processed god what does it mean when we say the processed god because most people don't think don't don't see that god can be processed all god is a processed god but god has gone through several processes and in the processes he has been a pro- he has become the processed god the all inclusive christ who indwells us you and me is the processed god let us go back to john 14 verse 8 to 11 John 14 John 14 John 14 verses 8 to 11 the bible says clearly the bible says in John 14 verses 8 to 11 if you are there say amen Okay. John 14 verse 8. The Bible says that Philip says unto him, Lord, show us the Father and it will suffice us. Jesus says unto him, that is Jesus replying unto Philip. He says that have I been so long time with you and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the father and how sayest thou then show us the father believest thou not that i am in the father and the father is in me the words that i speak unto you i speak not of myself but the father that dwells in me he does the works look at that look at verse 11 says that believe me that i am in the father and the father in me or else believe me for the very works sake so when you look at john 14 8 to 11 you see now come to verses 16 to 20 the bible says that and i will pray the father and he will he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not neither knows him but you know him for he dwells with you and shall be in you then he says i will not leave you comfortless i will come to you then he says in verse 19 yet a little while and the world sees me no more but you see me because i live you shall also live then verse 20 says at that day Now they are talking about the day of resurrection. You shall know that I am in the Father and the Father and you in me and I in you at that day. When you come to Matthew 28:19, it says that it's going to be with us forever as long as we go and preach. I'll be it says that behold I'll be with you even at at uh, until the end of the world. So He has been processed through 
these processes for him to become the all-inclusive who indwells us. He passed through the first process which is incarnation. Then he lived as a human. The second process, human living. Then he was crucified. The third process, crucifixion. Then he resurrected. The fourth process, resurrection. And now he's in, he has ascended. That makes the fifth process, ascension. Now this is what we call the processed God. Another thing we have got to see is also he has become the life-giving spirit. As we have pointed out repeatedly, the indwelling Christ is also the life-giving spirit. Remember 1 Corinthians 15.45. He became the life-giving spirit. This spirit, the all-inclusive spirit with the bountiful supply. Remember Philippians 1.19. I'm telling you remember because this we have read through if you have been following. Philippians 1.19. He became the bountiful supply. This, the all supplies that we the supply that we need is found in him. He's also the compound spirit. is the multiple spirit. He has become the compound spirit. And this is where I want to explain for you to understand. We shall go and read Exodus chapter 30, verses 23. Uh, if possible, we can read. We shall go through verses 30. Now, today, Christ has become the compound spirit. The compound spirit meaning he has become a multiple spirit. And this is what we mean when we talk about that. Now, for him to be the compound spirit, when you come to Exodus 30, 23 to 30, you will have a picture of the compound spirit. I'm going to read for you. Um, Exodus 30, 23, the Bible says, Take thou also unto thee principal spices of pure mirror, 500 shekels, and of sweet cinnamon, half so much, even 250 shekels, and of sweet calamus, 250 shekels, and of cassia, 500 shekels. These are spices that Moses was told to take when he was going to make olive oil, anointing oil. So, we see the first four spices and then the bible says that of the sanctuary and of the oil and him and thou shalt make it an oil of holy ointment and ointment compound after the art of the apothecary the word is apotherase so look at this the bible says that um, it shall be an holy anointing oil now, when you read on and uh, up to verse 30, I've stopped at verses 25, but I've showed you the four, the four spices that were blended in the olive oil to make the anointing oil. And these were compound, to make the compound oil, anointing oil. Now, we see that we have the picture of this compound spirit. How does Christ become the, becomes the compound spirit, the multiple spirit. According to the portion we have read in Exodus 30, 23, we have stopped at 25. We see that the word, the, the, uh, this portion of the word, the holy anointing oil was made by blending four spices with olive oil. We have mentioned them. The, we have seen the first spice. It was called 
um, mirror. Another spice is cinnamon. Another spice is calamus. Another spice is cassia. These are four spices that were blended in olive oil to make holy anointing oil. Now, when we look at this together, these spices and the oil formed a compound, an ointment used to anoint the priests, the tabernacle, and everything related to the tabernacle. Now, the oil typifies the spirit. You remember, you know that the oil typifies the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. Now, the four spices that we have read, they typify Christ in his divinity and they typify in his humanity with the effectiveness of death. That is when he went through death and the power of his resurrection. So that is, those are the, 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 four, the four spices that typify Christ. The olive oil typifies the spirit. Now, for us to have the compound spirit typified by the ointment is the very, spoke, the very spirit spoken of in John chapter 7 verses 39. Remember, let us read there. When we talk about the compound spirit, we mean that the Holy Spirit, God the Father, and Jesus, they have become the spirit, the compound spirit who now dwells in us. And the Bible says in John chapter 7, verse 39, remember, this is Jesus. He says, and he says in, in, in uh, John 7, 30, 39, the Bible says that, okay, let us begin from verses 37 for you to understand. In the last day, the, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believes on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Then verse 39 says that, But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Now we see that at the time of John 7.39, the compound spirit was not yet given. The compound spirit, Jesus had not yet been glorified. Now, after the glorification of Christ, the spirit is no longer simply the spirit of God. It's no longer uh, the spirit of God. He is the compound spirit. The spirit of God compounded with Christ's humanity, compounded with Christ's effectiveness of his death and the power of his resurrection. And as the processed God, Christ is such a compound, all-inclusive, life-giving spirit. Meaning that when we have the Holy Spirit within us, we have got to know he is now the compound spirit of Christ. I hope you understand this mystery. These are the things we are supposed to be knowing as children of the light. Another thing we shall see is that we are going to see him as the dwelling, the one who is dwelling in our spirit. The one who is dwelling in our spirit. Christ now dwells in our spirit. Second Timothy chapter 4 
verses 22. The Bible speaks of the Christ is the grace in our spirit. When Paul was praying for the for the church uh, the, for uh, uh, Timothy was praying for Timothy, winding up the writings of Timothy in Second Timothy chapter four verse twenty-two. The Bible says, "He said, the Lord Jesus Christ be with thy spirit, grace be with you, Amen." So, to be one spirit with us, Christ is one spirit with us, according to First Corinthians chapter 6 verse 17 the bible says whoever is joined with the lord is one spirit so as the life-giving spirit mingled with our spirit he is our life and our person remember colossians 3 4 says and when christ our life shall appear so he is our life ephesians 3 17 that one i will read for you there are some that I cannot read again because we have been quoting them so much from, from the day we started these teachings. But Ephesians 3.17, it says, He has become our life. Our life. 3.17 says that, That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you, that you being rooted and grounded in love. Now this Christ dwells in our spirits. Is also in our heart. Is dwelling in our hearts by faith. The one who is sitting in our spirit, dwelling in our spirit, must also come and flood into our hearts to transform and to do a greater work in our soul life. And when we understand this, this is the all-inclusiveness and the riches of our Christ. So, the Bible also calls him the hope of glory. That is... Uh, Another one, number 11, is the, the hope of glory. The hope of glory. You see? So, we see that this Christ in Colossians 1.27, the Bible says that Christ in you, the hope of glory. Paul says not only that Christ dwells within us, but he also dwells in others. He also dwells within us as our hope of glory. Christ can be our hope of glory because he dwells in our spirit to be our life today, to be our life supply and everything that we need for life and godliness. But he's also our person, the one who lives us in, within us as a person. Remember David, Paul says that for to me to live is Christ. Then he also says that it's no longer I who live, Christ lives in me. So, we have a person within us. We are no longer the only uh, ones within us. There is also another person. And this person is the person of Christ living in our spirit. So Christ in, is within us as uh, our life and also our person. If we want to overcome challenges, sins, weaknesses, we have got to know that we, we have got to cease to live so that this person lives in us. Just as Paul told us. Let me read for you Galatians 2.20. Paul says in Galatians 2.20 he says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Now as Paul says, him as a person, 
he ceased to live. He says, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Now, there is a person in us. Christ is not the one who is objectively in heaven. That is not for us to enjoy. We are to enjoy the subjective one, who is a person in our spirit. Whenever you speak to him, he's always there. You have got to know. He's our person. And Paul is showing us here, he ceased to live so that this person lives. And this is the secret to overcome all infirmities, to overcome all temptation and sin. We have got to cease to live that he may live. We have got to learn to decrease that he may increase in our soul life and in the flesh, in our body. Now, according to Colossians 3.4, the Bible says, When Christ, our life, is manifested, we also shall manifest with him in glory. When he manifests, they are talking about uh, ultimately when he shall manifest. But still we have got to enjoy him to the extent that he can manifest in our day-to-day life so that we also manifest with him in glory. In other words, he will appear to be glorified in our redeemed and transfigured body at one time. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8 verse 23. Remember, at, at the day of his uh, appearing, we shall also be glorified. Our mortal bodies will put on the immortality. The Bible says in Romans 8 23, and not only, the Bible says, And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruit of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wait the redemption of our bodies. On the day the Lord shall redeem our bodies, in other words, on the day our bodies shall be saved, that is the last salvation, the third salvation, salvation of our bodies when our bodies are redeemed they shall be glorified so he says that we shall appear in glory we shall appear with him in glory Philippians 3 21 concerning that still the Bible says in Philippians 3 21 who shall change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. So on that day, we shall put on the glorified body that is like that of Christ. When you come to Second Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 10, the Bible says in verse 10, when he shall come, to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe because our testimony among you was believed in that day. So one time is going to come and be glorified in the saints. Well, as subjectively, he's glorified when we portray him, when we express him, when we leave him, when we walk in the light today. Ultimately, is going to be glorified when it comes uh, in reality, in our bodies, to be glorified in our bodies, glorifying our bodies, redeeming them, 
and making them those that are incorruptible bodies. Now, when Christ comes, we shall be glorified in him and will be glorified also in us. This indicates that the indwelling Christ will one time saturate our entire being, including our physical body, whereby there will be no more sin, no more temptation, no more corrupt thing, no more death in the body. It's going to saturate at one time our body. Today, we are endeavoring that it saturates our spirit life, our soul life, but at the moment today, it cannot saturate our body. Our bodies are still fallen. We are still, uh, we are still, uh, uh, we, we still can sin. We, we can, we can commit sin because our bodies are weak. They fall into temptation. They corrupt. They are full of evil. They are full of sin. Sin is still dwelling in our bodies, in our mortal bodies. But one time is going to glorify even our bodies to save them from corruption, to save them from death. When the corruptible shall put on the incorruptible. And this will cause our bodies to be transfigured and to become like his glorious body. At that time, Christ will be glorified in us. And this is Christ in us as the hope of glory. That is what it means. He's our hope in the future. We hope in him that he will glorify us as he is glorified. Praise the Lord. So I want to end from here. We shall continue uh, with the next episode next time. But I want to encourage us. We pursue Christ. We take this Christ as our portion. We learn to enjoy him. We have seen him in several aspects. I pray that we take him. He is our very rich Christ. He is the Christ who is our good land. He is the Christ who is the expression of the invisible God the firstborn of both the old creation and the new creation and is the one who is now uh, has, who have got the fullness of the Godhead and it is dwelling in him we see that this is the Christ that is living in us he is the mystery of God's economy we have seen him he is the he is the mystery of the of, 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 of God we have seen him is the reality of all positive things. If you look at the air, if, if you look at the sun, the air, water, food, flowers, trees, Christ, Christ has become the reality of them all. He is every person, every positive person in the Old Testament. We have seen him and we have got to pursue him. He is the, the component of the new man. The church is composed of Christ. He is he's the one that makes up the church. The church is not built by any other material. The only material, that's why he wants us to be formed. He wants Christ to be formed in us because we are building materials. We are stones. We are supposed to become precious stones to build the, 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 the house of God. He's, he wants us to be, to be filled with him, saturated with him. Is the Christ in us? He's not sit, seated in us dormantly. He is uh, infusing Himself in our every being. He is com uh, He is perfecting us, completing us. He is the portion of the saints. He is the image of the invisible God. He is the firstborn of all creation. He is the firstborn among the dead. 
the church. He's among is is the one in whom God's fullness dwells. He's the mystery of God's economy. He is the mystery of God. He is the reality of all positive things. He is the constituent of the new man. And this is the Christ that dwells within us. He is within us. We have got to worship him with this knowledge, with this revelation. We have seen that is also the processed God. He has gone through several phases. He has gone through incarnation, human living, crucifixion, resurrection, and is now in his in ascension. We have seen that is now the life-giving spirit and also the compound spirit. As we have seen Exodus 30, whereby anointing oil is made of four spices that are compounded with the olive oil to make the anointing oil. That is Christ becoming these four spices and the olive oil typifying the spirit. When the spirit joins and is compounded with Christ, when then we get the spirit, the compound spirit. That's when you begin to hear of this word mentioned, this phrase, the spirit. You have been hearing the Holy Spirit, the spirit of God, but you begin to see in the episodes of Paul mentioning the spirit. They are talking about the compound spirit. Christ, the life-giving spirit. The Holy Spirit with the spirit of Christ becoming one spirit in us. The triune God becoming us. That means that when we, when Christ is in us, the Father is in us. When, when Christ is in us, the spirit is within us. This is what we are talking about. He has become the compound spirit. He is dwelling in us. Just as we see how anointing oil was made. Four spices with, mixed with olive oil. He's, even Christ has passed through several phases. He has gone through death. He has gone through, uh, he was like, he was one time in his divinity. Then he put on humanity. Then he went through the cross and all the effects of his death plus the power of his resurrection. Those are the four spices. Those are the four phases that Christ went through. Now he's living in the fifth phase ascension. So he has become the compound spirit. As we see uh, in the scriptures, this is the compound spirit. Hallelujah. So I want to stop here. May the rich God bless us. Let us enjoy this indwelling Christ who is now dwelling in our spirit. He who is now the hope of the glory, who is one time going to come and glorify our mortal bodies. And the Bible says, when he shall appear, we shall be like him. We shall be in glory. We shall be glorified just as he lives in glory. Hallelujah. God bless you. May the Lord richly meet us and bless us with these wonderful teachings. Please visit our website um, at www.freedomexperienceministry.org Also you find devotion teachings and all these previous episodes are there for you to listen and also to download. But for you to download, you have got to become a person who is following. You follow, then you are able to download. God bless you. Visit our Facebook page, Freedom Experience Red Ministry, and also visit our radio, Freedom Experience Radio. You can all find these all things and, and on our website. And if you feel like you want to become a blessing to us, to partner with us, to support us, to 
donate to us, visit our website www.freedomexperienceministry.org. Then God is going to bless you as you send in your donation, your support, even a word of thank you, even any comment, even anything. Contact us on our website. God bless you. I'm Pastor Dennis Matov. To get more of this message and partner with Freedom Experience Ministry, log on to our website www.freedomexperienceministry.org or find us on our Facebook page, Freedom Experience Ministry. You can also call us directly on plus 256-703-89-0009. Be blessed. Experience the mystery of the word, the redemptive power of revelation, and eternity purpose brought to light in your walk with Christ.